0: Things from Hartlepool from Mary and I. And for all those who've been praying for us over the last few months, you'll know what a roller coaster ride we've had. Uh, I don't know about roller coasters, but roller coasters have been fairly flat compared to what we've been going through. But thank you for your prayers. We really, really appreciate them. And finally, things are coming together. We have flooring down, we have a through floor lifting, we have a wet room, we have hoists. Things are really coming together and we can start living in our house. And I can actually be in a big room rather than crammed into a tiny room and we can get out in the garden and we can enjoy this wonderful house that God has blessed us with. Now, over these last few months, one of the recurring themes for me has been hope. Hope is a strange thing, isn't it? We tend to think, when we think of hope, we have two different ways of looking at it. There's a worldly way of looking at hope, and one of my favourite quotes about hope comes from the film Clockwise, in which John Cleese has been desperately trying to get to the headmaster's conference, and he has failed to get there so far, and he's lying in this ditch, and he is ready to give up, and he says to his travelling companion Laura, It's not the despair, Laura. I can take the despair. It's the hope I can't stand. And you know, that makes me think the world's view of hope is like hope is this something that is dangled above us, like a a tease, you know. Here's hope, here's hope, come and get it, come and get it. Oh, no, you can't have it. Here's hope, here's hope, come and get it. No, you can't have it. Like the world is teasing us about it. This idea that hope is something that we can never have. And the first part of a really well-known quote in the Bible, that hope deferred makes the heart sick, almost seems to back that up. And that's one of those quotes that I often think about, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But there's a second part to that quote that turns that on its head, But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. The point is that God's way of looking at hope is that it is life. It is life. It isn't some tease that were offered. It is life. And what we have found over these last few months is that actually all the ups and downs and difficulties, God is there at the centre. And we have had to focus on that. Now you might think, well, okay, with all these troubles and problems. How have we got through it? Well, of course, as these great men and women of God, we have, no, of course, we're not these great men and women of God at all. And if you think about uh, the last few weeks that the church has been looking at Elijah, think about this massive man of God that Elijah is, and how when the churches looked at him, he faced down the prophets of Baal, these 300 prophets of Baal. And what did he do? He then ran away scared. He ran away scared, but he never lost sight of God. He may have run away scared, but he knew his God. And that's how I would say it is for us. We have been in some very tough times these last few months. There was one particular weekend when we had lost our second buyer. We had three buyers altogether on the house we were selling, and we lost our second buyer, and... Really, we had no sight of a third buyer in, in sight at all. We didn't know one was going to come along. And the house that we're currently in, they were saying, well, unless you can find uh, another buyer really quickly, we're just going to go to the next person on the list. And they had a queue of people wanting to buy this house. Not surprisingly, it's, it's an amazing, amazing house. It's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they just said, well, we're going to just go to the next person. And, and we really thought we'd lost it. We thought everything was lost. And we were just desperate. We'd come to the end of our tether and we thought, well, where to now, Lord? What are you doing? You know, you seem to have offered us this house. You seem to have opened everything up. Everything seemed to be falling into place. And now it's and we could not understand it. And the first thing I did was just cry. And that's not a bad thing to do. After all, Jesus wept, didn't he, when he was sad? When he felt that he was upset about something, he cried. Why is it wrong to cry as a Christian? It's not. There's nothing wrong with that. So I cried. I was really upset about this. Really upset. But, but, I knew that God was still God. God was still good. And in the midst of all of our despair, I knew he was still there. It didn't change me feeling absolutely desperate and sad And angry actually about the way things were. But I knew that God was still God and God was still good. And that Sunday, because I think it happened on a Friday all of this, that Sunday I put a notice on the Creech website for the YouTube that Sunday morning. I put a notice from Mary and I. And I said, God is good. God is good. God is great. And I think it was Mig reading out the uh, dedications that Sunday morning, and, and he read it out, and he said, oh, obviously everything's going great for Mike and Mary on their house buying. And why wouldn't he? That's the natural assumption, isn't it? Because I put that God is great and God is good. But the point is, whether things are going well, whether things are going badly, God is still good. And I would really encourage us all that whatever is happening in life, God is good. God is great. Focus our eyes on Jesus. Yes, things have worked out for us now. We are in this house. It has worked. But my word has it been a rocky road even here. We were living in one room for the last four or five months when we first moved up here. It's taken an age for them to sort everything out on the adaptations for us. And we didn't think that would get finished. The flooring has only just gone down um, day before yesterday. And we've been here since June. We're now in November. Uh, We've only just had the three-floor lift put in. I've only just been able to access the upstairs. It's taken forever to sort things out. It's been really frustrating and difficult. And there are ongoing difficulties. Obviously, I still can't walk. I still have an illness that can just put me out of action completely for uh, great lengths of time there's still all the frustrations of that. Yes, okay, I look bright, I look happy, but that's because I choose not to look miserable just because I'm ill. That isn't because I'm well. Don't mistake looking bright and happy for being well. Looking bright and happy is a choice. It doesn't mean I'm well, it's I'm choosing not to let illness make me miserable. So actually, make a choice. Make a choice To choose God. To say yes. To say he is good. He is God. Focus your eyes on Jesus. That is the choice we make every day. That's the choice I make every day in spite of the difficulties I'm in. Make that choice. It's the only right one. It's the one to make. Thank you. Thank you God. Thank you Jesus. You are good.
1: I did pray this morning that I wouldn't cry, but I've nearly been in tears already, so I'm really sorry if I I stumble over my words. When Matt asked me to speak, he gave me some questions to help guide um, what I was going to say this morning. Um, One of them was, how would you describe the season that you've been through? Easy, I thought, oh, this this is fine. This has been a season of building relationship with God and a season of waiting But, in looking back, I've now noticed something different. If you are meeting me for the first time today, hi. It's lovely to meet you, and thank you for welcoming me so readily into the church. It's the very first time that I've sat downstairs in this church today, and I found myself right in the middle, which was the most amazing experience (laughs) during worship, and that's what nearly brought me to tears this morning. So, yeah, thank you again. Um, meeting me today, it would be very easy to assume that I've spoken in public before and to think that I must always have had a confidence and a sense of identity strong enough to, I'm always off again, to enable me to speak out loud. But if you were able to read the chapters of my life that came before this moment, you would find something very different. I spent the first 47 years of my life small, quiet, hoping not to stand out, wanting everyone to like me, not having the confidence to say that I liked a particular band, let alone choose a particular song, and definitely never standing on stage speaking out loud. But in looking back, I can see that God has been preparing me for this exact moment. Um, Another question, how would you say that God has been a shepherd to you over this time? In June 2020, God directed me to Creech, moving me and my family into a bungalow just around the corner from this church. That was the first, first time I'd sort of really seen this church or been close to it. I arrived in Creech broken. My relationship had ended. I was unemployed. I had little confidence. No real sense of who I was or what I believed. I was disappointed, dissatisfied, angry, sad... And I didn't know what I might do with the rest of my life. But I also arrived in the pandemic. And that limited my options and stopped me from rushing about trying to fix my life. It forced me to be still. And it was in the stillness that I heard God calling. Um, I already had what I called a feeling faith. I believed in God. And I sometimes felt his presence. I didn't need church. I didn't pray. And I certainly didn't believe that God would be interested in any um, interaction or day-to-day decision-making. Life was full of coincidences. Luck, fate, life was what I could make it. In the stillness, God was calling me. He played me songs on the radio. He sent me messages from friends. He showed me glorious views, introduced me through easy connections and random bumpings into to people from this church. He spoke to me through podcasts, apps, daily devotionals, books, and the Bible. I also heard him speaking directly to me. He showed me that I could trust him. He told me that he loved me that he had plans to give me hope and a future, and that he wanted relationship with me. Despite all the patience, love and grace I was shown, I didn't surrender myself to him easily. I fought. I was stubborn and ungrateful. I realised that having true faith meant having opinions, taking risks and standing out. I had spent all my life avoiding those things and I didn't want them now. In this season, I have had moments of pain and desperation. I have been taught lessons in disobedience, pride and ingratitude. But I have also experienced times of body bursting joy and a sense of release, peace and freedom that are hard to explain. Sometime after God called me, he helped me to see that he could use me in our time of isolation. He wanted me to build relationships with people. I have always had a heart for people, but I have also always felt awkward in and conscious of conversation. I started to pray, Jesus, please be in my voice. Be on my lips and on my tongue. Be at the end of my typing finger. Please be in every word I say and guide my conversation today. This has now become a daily prayer. I found that praying and then trusting that my prayer had been heard enabled me to relax. I no longer had to force the conversation and be conscious of the words, the flow, or how it had been interpreted or received. I didn't have to worry in the silence. I sometimes noticed a conviction to contact a certain person or speak or type a particular word or phrase. I noticed an inner disquiet if I started to gossip or moan. In Oasis, I found myself talking openly and freely about my faith, and I had confidence enough to read the Bible out loud. God showed me that I could express myself creatively as well as with words. God encouraged me through Alpha. He provided opportunities to reach out to my neighbours and to talk to my family and friends about my newfound living faith. And recently, God has called me to be baptised. If I had remained in charge of my life, I would not be here speaking to you today. I would not have had the courage or the words But Jesus has come to live inside me. It is in his strength and with his voice that I speak today. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have learned that the hardest bit is giving my yes to God. Once I've made that decision, the rest is taken care of haven't just been in a season of relationship building and of waiting. I have also been in a season of preparation and I'm excited to see where he leads me next.
2: Have you ever done any public speaking? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll about, ask you some questions. It's like times are going to be on top questions. of each other. Um, <clears throat> Alright, uh, so for those who don't know, this lovely silver-haired man stood Silver next fox. to me. Silver fox, I wasn't yeah. going to say that, I'm yeah. not sure about that. Um, this is Ewan, so Ewan used to be lead pastor here, um, and uh, passed on the baton to me uh, two and a bit years ago now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, coming up?
3: Two years, two years. Coming Just up coming up two, up years, two that's years. right, right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This time of year. It's like that's, here comes the biggest juggernaut. None of us had any idea. <laughs> Didn't we? We had no idea it was coming. Here, Matt, yeah. you're a great lad. Here, mate, here comes the juggernaut. Thank, thanks for that yeah, one. Thanks um,
2: I do appreciate it. Oh, okay, uh, we could be far too long, so yeah. with I uh, know you're good at time. Let's keep an eye on the clock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, so how would you describe the season you've been?
3: I, I think, for me, much the same as everybody else. Uh, it's been a time of great favour in some senses. So in one sense, I'm kind of like a missionary from this church. For those of you who don't know, I'm the chaplain up at Hinkley Point C in what is a real front line on the coalface tough situation. Um, the, I, I don't know if the situation is tough. The people are tough. That doesn't mean that the situation is tough. Um, really because people who are tough on the outside often are tough on the outside because they've got soft hearts. In fact, I've learned that. The bigger the bloke, the tougher they are, the softer they are, and the more they're protecting themselves. so much I could say. An example, I mean, I think we were all very distraught on the day that Iona died. You know, we knew it was coming. Uh, but I was tearful. I was walking through the canteen, masked, because, you know, everything's very regulated there, and you don't get close to people. And I'm tearful, and I get chatting to two of the alpha males. Always go for the alpha males, because if you get them, you get the whole group. Lovely Geordie lads. Um, Gosh. And I was crying. They said, what's the matter, mate? I said, oh, somebody in the church, you know, this age. And Oh, mate, I've got a daughter that size. Actually, Geordie lads, but I won't try and imitate Geordie accent. And they broke regs and put their arms around me. I thought, how as bizarre is this, that I'm the chaplain there to kind of comfort people. I'm there for really... My, my remit is spiritual and pastoral care but what really everybody is searching for nowadays is not Jesus. It's searching for well-being. Yeah? Forget the Jesus bit because there's a bit too much involved in that. But that's okay. I can take what I'm given and use it But you know, and, and introduce Jesus as well. Uh, but here are these guys comforting me because they've got big hearts and the faith of the unbeliever has been a fascinating thing. For me it's been no different for anybody else. Actually, from what you lot experience all the time, you worship here with Christians on a Sunday and then in the week, you're not surrounded by people of faith. And that's really tough. And for me, boy, was it a shock. You know, what a little bubble. I'm telling you, folks, we have got it made. You know, the Christian support. And I want to tell you that we have got nothing to moan about. People are so grateful on site. A little bit of our care that we use on a day-to-day basis, just the normal small tools that you have on your belt as a Christian, goes such a long way. People are so grateful, and I think, I didn't do anything. And what they don't realise is when I'm talking to them, somebody else is in the room, you know. God is there. I'm quite unashamed about the fact that I'm a Christian. I'm the high-profile Christian on site. There are a few other Christians. All in all, I found about 35, 36, some who are linked with this church, James theme. And Marjorie, oh, James and Marjorie, James has been just such a buddy for the journey. The journey has been tough because I've missed the bubble that I've been in, the fellowship. I've missed handling the holy because I love handling the holy. But also, selfishly, when you handle the holy, you get kicked back, you get washed back, you get the anointing for the sake of others. So I hear hear virtually nothing for myself. This last two years have been characterized by silence, I think silence from God and silence in the press about anything spiritual about this which has really knocked me You know, the, the Pope gave a worldwide call to prayer of people of all faith the Archbishop of Canterbury called the whole of, the, of the, the, the church to pray, the BBC didn't do a single thing about it, that silence is conspicuous by its absence the silence of God to me has been conspicuous by its absence because he hasn't said anything Well, it doesn't matter you know what to say without a vision the people perish um, but you know but there's what it actually means is without a well without a revelation the people cast off restraint but blessed is he who keeps the law. it means when there's no word from God there is the word of God and I keep have kept doing the regular things I've worshipped here with you online and I've said things like just get out of the way I want to see, see the kids has nobody else thought that? No, no. <laughs> I think you've done just, it's, been an, it's been, honestly, I couldn't imagine better Saturday TV. It's been just, you've done such a fantastic job. But it's hard, isn't it? It's not like, I could have, I could have cried this morning just yeah. worshipping with you all. I can't help myself. Um, I've kind of lost my track. Oh, handling the holy. Because, you know, you get when you're, so God doesn't say things to me apart from me saying things to other people because I'm not regularly preaching and so on. That's not pity me. I haven't had a lot apart from Mark 9.49, which I think was from the Lord. Well, what you're doing, everyone will be salted with fire, Ewan. So have salt in yourself and stop complaining and arguing. Everyone's salted with fire. And frankly, we don't know where this is going to end, do we? At the moment, people aren't asking about Jesus, really. We had an Alpha course like yours. 16 started, 14 finished. Some people found faith. But the world isn't saying, oh, what must I do to be saved? You know, if they perceive God, he's just there to bail you out of trouble. And he's also, also loving, he wouldn't let us reap what we're sowing. But the whole world is crying out that something is out of kilter. You can draw your own conclusions, as what the word, uh, creation is saying. Um, something's wrong. So it's been a tough time, but a fruitful time. God's given me favour and a platform that I never anticipated he'd have. You know, been on Radio 2 seven times, been on national TV, saying, "Well, right, you look, get on with it then, for those of you who are so, funny. Um, so Yeah, you steer uh, me, mate, I, I,
2: I can take no, spirit. that's great, it's great. Um, Listen <laughs> up, please. Uh, yes, mate. you're the boss. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. Boss. Um, just, just help us understand, so you've covered a lot of this, but how, has, how have you felt Jesus has been your shepherd in this season? I just want to come back to that motif.
3: Um, you do you know, how has Jesus been my shepherd? By uh, providing me with some friends, providing me with a family, by keeping me in the rhythm and the disciplines of the Christian faith. And there are lots of people who stop going to church at a time like this. They say, What on earth are you doing stopping the rhythms of the Christian life? At a time like this, you may never recover from it. So I can't say I've had any gushy, warm feeling or anything like that. I'm not upset. I'm not disturbed. I'm not surprised. Why would we be surprised as Christians that this stuff has come our way? Why, why on earth should we be exempt from it? So I haven't asked that question. I've just kept, it's like a marathon. You put one foot in front of the other and you keep on going. And God has provided, not necessarily answers, but friends, companions, some fruit. Not many, much low-hanging fruit, but um, you know, a ministry. I'm grateful for the rhythm of going to work. So I was on, work, on site. even during the pandemic, I would have climbed the walls if I'd been at home and probably Pam would have been climbing the walls because of me as well. So I'm grateful for that. So I can't say anything, I can't say anything dramatically, but it's okay. It's absolutely okay. It's the same as with Mike and Mary and everyone else who's given their testimony and you too. The thing about sight is positivity is a big, big thing, Spin can be a big thing in our society as well and lies can and I've said at times people just need to lament in covid because they've lost people i haven't had anything like that happen on site but people i've lost all about 13 people that i know it's time to sing a song of lament and have a cry really and you know what that's okay no big surprise what, where was god people say where's god in all this where was he in 1666 the year of the beast which finally finished off you know london and the plague and in the 13th century he was on the throne and and still i mean gosh um you know, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. I was quoting that this morning at home. Absol- absolutely. God is still there. God is still good. Um, anything else you want to say before I ask you about your song? Was there anything on your heart? Oh, you there's so much more I could say. Um, no, I don't think I need to say anything, really. Um, no, no, I don't think I need to say any more. It's so lovely and so helpful
2: to hear that honesty, I think. All these... Testimonies have brought a different flavour uh, to help us understand what it feels like collectively to walk through this season we've been in. Tell us what song have you uh, chosen? Well, I don't know which heart- one you've
3: allowed because uh, you asked me which song I want and I kinda of gave I've got to have no, the goodness no, of God, the one, but yeah, everyone that, no, else will no, no, want the one that. you're allowed.
2: allowed
3: is yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah. my one? Yeah. Oh because God is still good and, and I heard this when I was walking the Camino listening to that album and I messaged the lads saying, Boys, this is just so right for us where we are as a church hasn't it it's been the one we've sung uh, you know again and again and again i've lived in the goodness of god and that i don't have to feel that um, and i do at times but he's still there so yeah it's a cracking song
2: brilliant thank you so much Ian. great Catherine Cornish how would you describe the season you've uh, been through
4: pretty tough health-wise.
2: Pretty tough. Could you tell us why why has it been tough?
4: Well, for the last two years, I had uh, what what we thought was an upset stomach nearly all the time. And I was just losing my strength and couldn't Even in consultation with the doctor, we we couldn't put our finger on what was wrong until um, I collapsed. I wasn't aware of it up outside the village shop on the pavement one evening. um, And cutting a long story short, I was taken to A&E and immediately admitted because I'd, yeah, They thought I could have broken my, cracked my skull or might have had a bleed on the brain. But thank you, Lord, I hadn't. And they've worked out that I have something called cardiac syncope. um, And I've had a pacemaker fitted, which will deal with it.
2: Yeah, gosh. So on top of lockdown, on top of the last 18 months 20 months that we've all gone through it's been quite eventful for you hasn't it it has Um, it has 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 there been any blessings in this time catherine
4: many uh first of all before the the fall or the collapse i we were praying in my home group for me um nothing seemed to be changing And it just drove me deeper into the Lord and on my iPad, I was just spending a lot more time with the Lord and drawing closer to him. And I really did. He just opened my heart afresh, um, took me one step deeper with him um, during that time. Um, And then in the hospital, my um, procedure was going to be postponed because they hadn't got room for me that day. So it could be the next day or even the next one. So I prayed to the Lord and I said, I can't do this much longer, Lord. And I asked that you will make a way where there is no way. And that Dr. Furness, who I knew from previously, who was on duty that day, will do the procedure. And that was about 10 o'clock in the morning about half past three in the afternoon, Doctor Furness popped his head round the curtains, and he said, Catherine, I've had a cancellation. Would you like me to do your procedure today?" "Yes, please," I said. "When?" he said. "Well, now, if you like." "Praise the Lord." <laughs> so, oh, and and I also was well aware of his peace. I hadn't asked. Well, I. You know, I hadn't had time to ask. But I had his peace deep inside the whole time I was there. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know how I would have coped because it was 10 days in hospital. Yeah.
2: Thank you. <laughs> so, um, Catherine, how would you say God has been your shepherd during this season?
4: Well... He has has led me in the right direction and I know that he was well aware that I was going to collapse because I broke no bones and I've got osteoporosis Um, and I don't normally walk along past the shop when I go out for my little walks, but that was where... It happened. Um, and a lovely young couple from child passing by stopped to see if I was all right. Um, and, and, you know, and they took me to a e The Lord has been right there beside me the whole time. Yes, I've been so aware of it.
2: Um, yeah. OK, Catherine, thank you so much. So what song have you chosen and why?
4: I've chosen Waymaker um again because it just sums up um the Lord to me during this past year two years